Go ahead and pick your speed up your number one now, runway 27, clear to land green dot. Welcome to Oshkosh, guys. Hello and welcome back to the Green Dot, podcast coming to you from EAA's headquarters here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I'm Hal Bryan, Senior Editor for Content and Digital, uh, either print and digital publications, whatever it is I do. Uh, with me, as always, uh, here on my left is... I'm Chris Henry, the EA Museum Programs Representative. And sitting across from us is... Tom Sharpentier, Government Relations Director. And Tom, we've got a, a special guest here with us today, and uh, the honor falls to you to introduce him. Yes, that's right. Uh, today we have Radek Bijakovsky. Um, he is the head of EAA's IMC Club program. Uh, he has been a, a flight instructor for about 15 years and a uh, pilot for about 20 uh, he's based in uh, Albany, New York. Uh, he founded the very innovative concept of the IMC Club program, which we'll be talking about um, in 2010. So it's been going on for about seven years now. And um, just a few years ago, um, IMC Clubs and EAA kind of merged together and pooled our resources. Um, so, Roddick, welcome to the program. Thank you. You know, as we get started here, let's, uh, let's start with the basics uh, for... Uh, uh, those in the audience that uh, maybe are new to aviation and or aren't pilots, uh, let's define what IMC and then an alternatively VMC stand for. Okay, uh, so let's actually start uh, my official title here. It's Manager of Flight Proficiency because I believe uh, we'll be talking about more than IMC Club. There sure. is another uh, proficiency program here. Uh, but IMC Club uh, was started... Uh, in 2010, even though the idea of IMC Club was born in the last century, as I like to say it, <laughs> long, long time ago when I flew my first instrument flight under actual conditions the day after I got my instrument rating. And that Excellent. is when I <laughs> realized that reality is different from what we learn. And certificate itself doesn't really prepare us for anything. So when you talk about actual conditions, we are saying IMC, instrument meteorological conditions. That, at that is point. correct. Flying yes. in the clouds, we can't. Uh, we don't have any frame of reference. We're solely on instruments. And at uh, the time, I had to fly back to my home base. I flew uh, NDB Alpha approach. Uh, some pilots don't even know what it is anymore. But, you know, one of those uh, complicated, <laughs> uh, not very accurate approaches done to minimum circling. Oh, jeez. And... I did circle, I landed, I got out of the airplane, uh, as I like to say, I kissed the ground. I went home, I changed my underwear, and the idea <laughs> of IMC Club was born. <laughs> well, I, uh, a colorful start to, uh, to an interesting, interesting program. Uh, I got my instrument rating in 1990, and uh, so we're still doing NDB approaches and things back then as well, and I don't, uh, I don't miss those. Yeah, my uh, my entire check right was on NDBs. I mean, including oh, NDB hold and, and things of that sort. Uh, I feel like you should be sitting on a couch, and this should be therapy for you. <laughs> talking you through it. We're so sorry that you had to go through that challenging stuff. Um, but uh, but certainly, technology today so, is is changing yeah. the instrument landscape quite a bit. So years later, we four of us uh, were sitting in Norwood Airport, uh, at Norwood Airport. Uh, in one of the local Greek restaurants there, <laughs> talking about instrument flying. And that is when we came up with an idea of forming a support group of you know, people exchanging their practical experiences. So the real life of instrument flying. And that is how it started and uh, started growing rapidly. I mean, very quickly we grew from six people at our first meeting to 30 people 
at our second meeting. And then from that point on, in five years, we were able to build that organization to uh, over 100 chapters globally and almost 3,000 registered members. Oh, that's fantastic. That's amazing growth. Uh, if you would, step us through how, uh, how a typical IMC club meeting uh, runs. What's, uh, what happens at an IMC club meeting? Uh, we like to say IMC club is an organized hangar flying. So what we do, we collect from our members events that happen to them. So actual situations. I am willing to bet that everybody who is flying at some point, they would, next morning after they flew, they would go to their friends and they say, you know what, you will never believe what happened to me when I was flying <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> we all have those stories. And what is happening, uh, we talk to each other, we discuss it, we say, oh, maybe I should have handled differently. Maybe that wasn't really the right decision I made. And what happens, two people learn from that one person's experience. What we did, we took it on a global basis. So we basically said, okay, give us those stories. We are going to process them. We are going to produce audiovisual scenarios out of those like five to 10 minute stops. We place them in a library available to IMC club coordinators only. And during the meeting, the leader would pick up one of those scenarios, play it on the screen. At the end, question comes up, what would you do? And there is no answer. That's the whole beauty of the IMC club. So there isn't a right answer. It's not a trick question. It's not sort of a gotcha, it's just no, because I strongly believe there is no way in aviation to go and say A, B, C, D, D is the only correct answer. Right. There could be 27 different D answers, and they are going to be based on not only your experience, the airplane you're flying, how much sleep you had last night, uh, a lot of aspects of, you know, weather, uh, whether you're tired, whether uh, you have family issues, whether you do have family, whether, you know, the family is with you on the flight. Sure. It's all different. So that is what we are discussing during those meetings. So we learn from each other. Now, in a, a scenario like this, uh, you say you sort of get to a point and then you ask people, what would you do? Are you... Uh, are you presenting the entire flight or the and the entire situation and then asking the question, or are you sort of stopping and saying, what would you do? And then at the end, we, we say, well, this is what this pilot did. Uh, we set up the stage. We like to call those scenarios uh, discussion starters, fire starters, if you will. But at the end, no, there will not be what's behind the scenario itself. Okay. And there is reason for it. Actually, we do give those stories to our IMC club uh, coordinators, and it's up to them, up to their judgment, whether to use it or not. Because a lot of times we do make stupid decisions, let's face it. And it just happened that it all worked out. But we don't want to give people those ideas that maybe if it worked for somebody else, then it could work. We want them to go home and still think about what they would do. It's a brain teaser, it's a brain exercise, it's a decision-making process exercise. It's like going to a gym. You know, we are lifting those weights there and we simply develop our brains this way. That's very interesting. So um, 
I know we're talking about, we've been rolling, uh, quietly sort of rolling out the VMC component as the Code, visual yep. meteorological conditions. Um, and that's that's been an interesting process to watch because uh, instrument flight obviously lends it very it lends itself very well to a, a, a more specifically sort of intellectual exercise of steps of decision making. And that's not to say that doesn't apply in VFR flying. We don't think of it as having that same structure and extreme rigidity. Can you talk a little bit about what uh, what VMC clubs uh, are going to be about? You know, after all, all IFR pilots are also VFR pilots. Right. Because unless you fly Category 3, <laughs> ILS approach, yes. to zero, 0, you have to land under visual conditions. There is no other way around it. So that's why uh, I just recently wrote an article in our IMC Club Advisor titled, if you're an instrument pilot, you should join VMC Club. And it's not only for the reason of you learning something, but you helping other pilots because you have more experience as an instrument pilot and you've been inside cloud and you can tell somebody else how it really is. So the VMC component, like you said, addresses all issues that are not related to instrument flying. But it doesn't mean that they are not related to instruments and they're not in related to uh, weather issues because a lot of VFR pilots do end up in low weather conditions and they don't know what to do. Sure. Yeah, that, that was something that uh, uh, I always thought was interesting going through VM, uh, you know, just VMC school was, you know, private pilot basic single engine um, that it was beneficial to at least go through IFR ground school or something just so that if you did end up, you know, in the weather, you you sort of had a get out of jail free card. You knew what you were looking at. You didn't panic, at least. You know, I mean, it was sort of a, a, a parachute, if you will. You know, I strongly believe, and at some point in my life, I hope I'm going to get my dream fulfilled, that we should have a requirement that VFR pilots should remain current on instruments. They don't need to know what instrument approach is. You know, they don't need to know how to fly in the system, but I'm talking about basic instrument flying, because what do we have now? Three hours of training during your primary uh, training, and that's it. You get your license, and I'm willing to bet that unless you go for your instrument training, you never look at those instruments again. And then you get in a situation that you need to use them and everybody, currency and uh, proficiency, it's everything. So unless you practice use of instruments, then that is how you get in trouble. And Chris, um, actually, you used to be a uh, air traffic controller. Mm -hmm. um, were there any um, situations where uh, you felt like, you know, you on the ground were able to help um, a pilot, either a VFR pilot or an IFR pilot, um, make a better decision or a safer decision um, based on, um, on on your judgment? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, a lot of it goes back to the training that I had when I was on the medical helicopters as operational control. That kind of played into trying to help a pilot make a decision about which airport to divert to. It was, uh, I had a guy that was trying to get down, basically, and uh, you know, trying to find an airport with weather that was high enough for him to get in. I was in northern Indiana, and we used to get a lot of the, you know a lot of the gray skies and fog and everything coming off the lakes up there. 
Um, but yeah, a little bit of that. One of the other things that we used to do a lot was um, new air traffic controllers would always go for a ride in instrument conditions and shoot the approaches with somebody just so you can see what it looks like from the pilot's perspective of flying one of these, you know, an ILS approach to a runway 27. You, you need to go out there and see it so that you can, you know, understand their side of it and what, wh- who you're talking to. This is what they're seeing out of their window and out of their instruments. You know, one of the problems here that we have with, with uh, VFR pilots and, and uh, getting in IMC is that for years, for example, we've been teaching, and I've done the same thing for years myself as a flight instructor, that when you get to instrument conditions that you're supposed to be making that 180-degree turn <laughs> and go back, but sometimes weather is behind you. Sometimes right. weather is catching up with you. Also, that is the most dangerous part of flying instruments, it's turns. So that is when you can get confused. And also human uh, nature is to try to get down. You know, get down to the ground when actually we are safe up in the air. So if we teach VFR pilots how to use instruments, then they will be able to keep wings level and actually climb and then call our traffic control and try to figure out it's what to do. Climb, yeah. confess, communicate, right? Yeah. But, but, you know, going back to VMC Club, there are other aspects that, that you know, we discussed that uh, you're not going to find in textbooks. Just most recently, a friend of mine, uh, two weeks ago, he flew out of one of the airports uh, in Massachusetts. I'm not going to tell you which one. <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, he took off. He went practicing some maneuvers, and then he came back, and that is when they realized that uh, they left one of the gears on the runway. Oh. They didn't know about it. Really? And wow. which textbook is going to tell you what to do in a situation <laughs> like this? Wow. That's unbelievable. So, and actually they discovered as he was landing, as he was landing, he heard on the frequency controller saying, did we find that guy who lost his gear? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Wow. And I think the only thing that saved him was that he didn't know because he did regular landing and until touchdown point, airplane doesn't know that there is no gear. Sure. So he did very nice landing. He did touch on his left gear and eventually right wing just went down to the ground they spin off of the runway but everybody was okay and there was minimal damage to the airplane that's incredible if he knew that he probably would try to do something different but things of that sort so you know there is going to be scenario that will say okay you lost one of your gears there what would you do and to make it more interesting we are actually going to move it to a different airport and put up some, you know, weather conditions on it to make it more challenging. Sure. But things of that sort, that is what uh, IMC and VMC club aspects are. Everything that you are not going to find in textbook. That's excellent. Um, I have maybe one, one and a half quick questions about scenarios. First, have, uh, pilots are submitting these to you in many cases, right? Or yes. you're hearing about them one way or another. Have you ever gotten a scenario that you thought was just too impossible to believe and this landing gear thing is, I think is right up there either too impossible to believe or you said 
you know, this person made so many mistakes already going into it that, that, we, that we don't even want to discuss this one. Have you ever come across anything like that? You know, kind of, yes. But at the same time, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter how we got into it because we are all prone to make those mistakes. I have a long list that would be probably for another show, <laughs> you know, of confessions, right. stupid things that I've done in my flying career. You have to get in line. <laughs> you, got, <laughs> yeah. you, got, you got three nerds ahead of you here. <laughs> and as you know, most of the time, if somebody would ask you, why did you do that? I don't know. It just, there is a tunnel that you go in, and once you're in it, you just keep going. So we have a tendency, you know, to analyze other people's actions. And that is exactly what we don't want to do during IMC and VMC club meetings. It doesn't matter how we get there. Let's exercise our thinking and decision-making process. So next time we are there, we have some structure and we know how to potentially get out of those situations. But to answer your question uh, a little bit better here, we change those scenarios, we dress them up, up sure. or down, depending on the situation. Because we take everything. So if somebody is going to say, and you know, we have uh, members who fly airplanes like Eclipse, and not everybody is going to be flying Eclipse. So right. we will take the situation and we'll change it slightly, so we'll bring it down to maybe Cherokee. Eclipse, right. Cherokee, you know, slight difference, but <laughs> situation still be there, and decision-making process still will be there, and, uh, uh, you know, so we are going to dress it up or down and to put it on the same kind of, in the middle, if you will. Right. But yes, there are all kinds of situations that come in, and some of them are unbelievable. I think it's really interesting. You hit on something a moment ago where you said that uh, the discussion question you're asking is, is you know, what would you do? It's not, what did this person do wrong? Exactly. And, you know, aren't they an idiot? It's, it's honestly, what would you do? And uh, I think there's something pretty compelling about that. Um, and, Radek, actually, I have one more question kind of uh, on that, um, and that is that, uh, you know, I've done – quite a bit of flight safety work in my own career here at EAA, and um, as I'm sure you and I both know, uh, there's a lot of, um, of, of things being written, a lot of uh, chatter right now about uh, loss of control accidents, basically uh, aerodynamic stall spin accidents being, and pretty much have always been, the top killer of pilots. And I think we see loss of control as kind of a singular event. It's a specific point in the accident chain. Do you see IMC, VMC clubs as being able to somehow deconstruct that a little bit and show pilots that actually it is, it, it's a little bit more than that. There, there's, there's things that you can do to kind of insulate yourself from that, from that specific event. Absolutely, I mean, no accident is a, is, is a single event. Right. It's a chain reaction. And yes, during those meetings, uh, we don't only talk about, okay, what would you do? But at some point of the discussion, we're going to be asking, okay, should this flight be happening in the first place? Let's take a few steps back and at which point we could avoid being in that situation. Right. Yes, we do talk about those. And I believe that, you know, loss of control, it's, it's you know, we always say, okay, loss of control, it's a, 
biggest factor in, in, you know, in accidents. But it's an only factor. Yeah. You know, there's, if you lose control, that is the accident. And it's more important what is going to lead to that point rather than point itself because addressing when you are there, it's already too late. Right. So there is no way to go back. And in many cases, like I said, you know, being in that tunnel, you keep going. You have to realize that you're in it and you have to realize, okay, I will need to do something here to get out of that situation. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I was involved in a working group where we kind of deconstructed kind of the accident chains in a lot of those um, in a lot of those cases. And and yeah, it was very apparent that uh, it was a it was a very long decision making and sometimes just kind of a, um, you know fate or chance that got a pilot into a into a particular situation. Um, so you know, I've been involved in some in some VNC club, um, excuse me, IMC club meetings, and uh, and found them to be um, actually yeah. And also, we I went to the first demo of uh, of the VMC club yeah. scenarios, and it's very interesting. The discussion is always very lively. Um, I think any pilot or, or aspiring pilot would uh, would find it to be um, a very interesting, very good use of time. Um, how can somebody get involved uh, in in the program um, if they're uh, if they're interested? Okay, so of course you know. Uh, both IMC Club and VMC Club, those are EAA programs. They are available through EAA chapter structure. So what I always say, if you know, go to uh, either eaa.org forward slash IMC Club or forward slash VMC Club, depending on you know what's your interest there. And under both, we do have places to find your local IMC or VMC Club. If there is one, then you just click on the link, see when and where they meet, and just join in. You do need to be an EAA member uh, to participate in those. However, if you are not, we are not going to kick you out of there. <laughs> so come on over, see how it works. If you like it, we may even give you six-month free membership in EAA, and then you're going to join after that. Uh, you, you heard the man. <laughs> you will join after that. That's excellent. Of course. Of course. Uh, but if you discover that there is no EAA, IMC, or VMC club at your chapter, you can open one yourself. Very easy. And you don't have to be a CFI to do it. Believe it or not, going back to our original group the IMC Club founding fathers, as we like to call <laughs> ourselves. Uh, one of those four was a student pilot. Really? And he did find it important and he did find it valuable to be a member of the IMC Club. That's impressive. So truly a student pilot, not just an instrument student. No, no, but, no, uh, student a pilot. True student pilot. Uh, so I, I always say if actually the less experience you have, the better you will be in uh, a function of a leading of one of those groups. And the reason for it is, for example, myself, I go to a number of different uh, IMC or VMC club openings there. And when I have that presentation, when I lead the discussion, I already know many different answers to all those questions that I'm asking to lead to get the discussion going. And for me, I have to work very hard not to express my opinion. 
sure. right away because we want people to participate. We want them to learn to think how they are going to do it. So if you are a low-time pilot and you are leading one of those discussions, you are there to learn yourself. And you have that opportunity to truly ask those genuine questions and truly lead the discussion and learn from you may have student pilot on one end of the spectrum and you are going to have retired airline captain on the other side. And that's, that's the whole beauty that we put everything, everybody rather on the same level, level plane, and we are going to have, we're going to discover that regardless of how much experience you have, you still have to go through the same thinking process there when you are in the cockpit. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that surprised me, and maybe you'd touch on, I don't know if you've ever used it in a scenario, I was shocked when I went to work on the medical helicopter that there are instrument approaches to building tops in cities. Have you ever experienced any of those? Uh, no, but that sounds... Yeah, a lot of the that medical sounds actually incredible. Yep. Yeah, have GPS and ILSs to the rooftops of hospitals. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah I was really shocked to find that out, that we had approaches like that. Um, but so what, what kind of things do somebody going into their first meeting walk away with, do you think? Uh, what do you think the takeaway is right, af right after their first meeting, uh, coming into VMC or IMC Club? It's uh, how we differ from anything that they've seen so far. Because for decades, and you know, I am a part of it, I've done all kinds of safety uh, seminars, but the structure so far was that there is one person, like you know, myself, in front of the audience, telling them what they should be doing. And my thinking always was, okay, I have a substantial experience, I have a little bit over 6,000 hours, but in that audience, I could have somebody who is not a CFI, but they may have 10,000 hours. Why should I be telling them what they should be knowing when actually I could learn from them? So that is what people would discover, that everybody can learn from each other and the practical aspect of it. So things that they are not going to see in textbooks and they haven't seen in their training. That's the most important part. So there's always some wow factor. I cannot give you, you know, single, single event, but everybody always, you know, they come back to me and say, wow, I never thought about this aspect of this approach or this aspect of this type of flight and so on. That's really something. It's, uh, it's really an interesting concept you've come up with, Radek, and, uh, and I have to say we're... Uh, we're excited that uh, that uh, the IMC Club has been part of the EA family. I think uh, this is a a valuable framework uh, for people to keep learning. And you know, we all hear our, our pilot certificates, our licenses, as some say. That's a license to learn, and uh, and we all need to keep learning. So uh, so with that, thanks very much for joining us today. Pleasure, all mine. We really appreciate it. We hope we have you back at some point. And uh, on that note, everybody, I see that uh, producer Sarah has lit a small bonfire, and uh, <laughs> she's stabbing a voodoo doll that looks like the three of us, uh, screaming and pointing at her watch. Very attractive voodoo doll. It's, it, of course, it is. Yeah, if it looks like all, well, it looks like all four of us. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> anyway, with that, we'll wrap this one up, and uh, look forward to uh, getting everybody to join us again the next time when you're cleared to land. 
on the green dot.